Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Create Smarter Podcast Conversation Series, where we sit down with an industry professional and hear their takes on marketing trends, live events, and how they create smarter. On today's episode, we will hear how the live event industry itself was affected by the pandemic that changed all of our lives in so many ways. For an industry so reliant on meeting in person and putting on events that could scale from a small conference room to a whole convention center, creators and event organizers were forced to put on their thinking caps and figure out a way to maneuver a landscape they had never faced before. With no live audiences or large-scale venues, for many, it was time to turn to the virtual landscape as a solution to their problem. In a few moments, we hear a conversation Tyler had with Kat Lazell, an an event lead from the Cambridge Innovation Center. They go in-depth on what the future will look like for the live event industry and how hybrid events can help us combine the best of both worlds from in-person and virtual spaces. Let's take a listen. What about event venues? So people are, that's the one thing we've heard of a lot. People love the fact from a virtual side of things that they can reach a broader audience, but there's nothing that can compare to having an in-person event, kind of the excitement that takes place, the networking that goes on as well. Um, so with that in mind, we wanted to bring in Kat Lazell of CIC and to talk about a little bit more about what CIC does, but also just to talk about the future of events and what kind of hybrid events really look like. So with that in mind, I welcome in Kat. I, I missed you. I haven't seen you in a little while, so it's good to see you and hear your voice. Hopefully, I can hear you coming through as well. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you so much for having me. Great to see you. Of course. It's always great to see you, of course. <laughs> and, you know, you're, I feel like Kat, so Kat and I, so everybody knows we worked together on an event about, what did it been, about three weeks ago, give or take. Um, it feels like even, a lifetime, but yeah, I think it was maybe a month or so. It's, it's gross how fast time goes by right now, but mm-hmm. it, it all works. So for, first and foremost, give us a little uh, for the folks that don't, you know, right now, I feel like CIC has been all over the place, but for the folks that don't know, understand like what CIC is, just give us kind of the, the elevator pitch if you could. Yeah, can do. Um, so CIC stands for the Cambridge Innovation Center, and we provide flexible office space to innovators and entrepreneurs um, in Massachusetts. This is our original site, but we have sites all across the U.S. and internationally as well, opening up in Tokyo last October. That's our most recent site. Um, so my role is to help support our members in Massachusetts in planning events in our spaces. We have a couple of different event spaces in our buildings in Cambridge and Boston. Um, So obviously there was a big shift when the pandemic happened. Everyone went virtual, which is something that some of our hosts had been doing previously, but a lot of people had really like really tentatively been dipping their toe in the water of virtual events. And then overnight, everything kind of shifted as we all know. Um, So it was really, I mean, it was a catalyst for, the pandemic was a catalyst for virtual events, I think. Um, specifically, I mean, definitely for our hosts, but I think in general, we all got a crash course in, like you were saying, in, in Zoom and how to host things on Zoom and, and what translates well virtually and what doesn't. Um, so now that restrictions are opening back up, we're seeing a lot of folks who want to maintain that virtual element. I think that's the trend. I think most, if not all, events going forward are going to have some kind of a virtual component, um, which is great. We learned that, like you said, virtual events are so much more accessible to people. Mm. Um, for somebody who's budget conscious, you don't have to worry about like catering and things like that. There's a lot of pros to virtual events, but um, there's also some challenges. And I think with hybrid events too, that that is its own thing. It's it's not just a virtual or an in-person event with a virtual component. You have to kind of reframe the way that you're thinking about 
how to plan your event. Yeah, it's funny. I think, you know, I remember for us, you know, we've been live streaming for a while now, and it was interesting to see kind of the pivot as a whole over the course of the last, you know, however long it's been now talking about time having no meaning anymore, right? Um, <laughs> but, but, I will say that the old way I feel like events used to be, it would be, you know, a person on a stage having kind of a conversation with the audience in person. And then they would just kind of have a camera in the back of the room filming the person on stage and they would miss some of the excitement. It really wasn't a great experience. So things are obviously going to be changing. And it, like you said, it forced the issue um, with virtual events. And now I feel like it's almost forcing the issue for, I mean, you use the term hybrid, right? Like hybrid is really the word people are using now. So what are some of the questions that kind of your hosts are asking you? What, what are some of the things that they're asking? Like, how do I do this? I'm just kind of curious. What are kind of the FAQs that people are kind of wondering about right now that you're hearing specifically? Yeah, such a good question. I think the big one that we're seeing pop up is how do I, how do I encourage participation that's equitable for both an in-person and remote audience? Mm -hmm. It's super tricky. Um, and yeah, I think it really is. The people who are in person together, they have the luxury of being able to raise a hand or call out, but that can often be at the expense of the remote audience. So you need to make sure that you're catering to both audiences, that it's however people are participating, that those ground rules are set early and they know how to participate and um, everyone has a voice in it, whether they're on site or not. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably one of the big ones popping up. Yeah. And it's funny, it was really funny, actually, after we ran the event, you know, you and I did this exact same thing, just rolled reverse a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. The one thing I did get an email right after um, from somebody and they were asking about small, super small specific events, like almost more like a meeting type than it was a, a true event where it was like, you know, not, not necessarily a cocktail mixer or people had a stage. It was no, you know, I do like a two or three person in person. And I love to have like one or two people that were virtual. Um, it, that can almost be like a, a meeting in a sense, right? I mean, you could leverage some tools kind of at your disposal, like a Zoom for something like that, which, I mean, I know, I th actually, I think you even emailed after about conference room setups for people just having like a, a two-way conversation, right? I mean, the, it really depends on kind of the size of the event too. If it's super small, you can leverage some of the things at your hand, or if it's huge, those are a little more challenging, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think we all got used to zoom on our individual laptops and then figuring out the right technology to use is for something where you have 10 people participating in a room together is or or 50 or 100 um that is something completely different and a whole new a whole set of new issues that come along with and opportunities issues and opportunities <laughs> yeah exactly well i think you said it right like it it, it forces the issue Right? Like it forces us to think a little bit more creatively and be a little bit more nimble as opposed to, I mean, I remember, you know, our traditional event, you could say, well, here's your video screen. Here's your microphone. Talk into the microphone. We've got a laptop if you want slides. And that was kind of it, right? And you could have some fun things, you know, to dress up the room, but now it's, you're dressing it up virtually and in the room too, right? So with that mind, what do you feel like people are starting to put more emphasis on are they trying to you know cater to the audience in the room or cater to the audience at home or is it truly like you said just a mix of both and they're trying to do both of them the right way <laughs> yeah i think i think 
people are trying to be mindful of both audiences, um, at least what I'm seeing because I'm working with a lot of in-person meetings and events. Yeah. Um, there's definitely kind of a rush to get back to in-person meeting spaces and people really want to be able to gather together in person and have it feel safe. So there's, we're kind of refiguring like what are, what does safe look like in this new um, atmosphere? But I think um, there is de there are definitely some questions about what which audience do I play to? Who, who do I format this event for? Um, and I personally find it really helpful to think virtual first. Um, I think that it can be really easy to focus on the in-person audience because it feels so, I mean, it feels really immediate, but mm -hmm. virtual events we learned have different rhythms. Um, they tend to be shorter. We saw a lot more, we used to host a lot of events after hours and all of those for the most part shifted to be during the day. Um, people have a different appetite for virtual events, I think, once yeah. the end of the workday rolls around. Um, yeah, and so it depends think, on the audience too, right? Like some, exactly, yeah. you know, some audiences, you know, like them at the end of the day and say exact same thing. We've seen some people want them in the middle of the day and say, nope. Do, you do anything after five o'clock, I'm home with family. I want nothing to do with my computer anymore, right? Right, right. So I think, you know, for example, like training sessions that used to be eight hours in person became maybe three or four hours virtually. So if you're thinking about how to plan a hybrid workshop or hybrid training, I would still probably opt for the um, shorter session because you will have some people joining remotely and they have a different appetite for or attention span for virtual mm -hmm. events than the, the folks who are meeting in person would. And the, the in-person group probably won't mind a shorter meeting either. That's one thing I was just gonna say. I actually <laughs> think the the in-person kind of meeting, people might actually appreciate me. I, I've been to plenty of two, three day full-blown conferences and you're just exhausted at the end of the day. And that is just one of those miserable things to do. So I think that will kind of shift things. So let me ask you this before I let you go, because I don't want to keep you too long because I know you're you're slammed. But <laughs> what when people walk up to you and say, all right, I, hey, I want to, I want to plan an event. Uh, what is, what do you, what's kind of your advice to them? Where, where should they start? I mean, I know you mentioned, start thinking about virtual before um, in person, but what is some of the advice that, or questions that you ask them to kind of get their mind going and rolling? Such a good question. Um, I think what I found to be really helpful is asking people early on what their goals are for an event. Um, who are they trying to engage? What do they want to get out of it? Um, because I think a lot of times people, especially if they're not necessarily um, seasoned event planners, will go trying is we'll start out trying to create a vision for an event without thinking about necessarily why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and we have so many learning lessons that we've gathered over the last year of like what works well and what doesn't. So I encourage them to start start with the goals and then let it take shape from there and work with your event planner. Give Kat a call. Give Kat oh, a call. Call, <laughs> call. She'll take care of you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so with that cat, where where do you I mean give you a shout out. Where, where should people find out more? If they want to you know, get in touch with you, they want to learn more about CIC and hosting an event at CIC very safely, yeah. uh, how, how do they do so? 
Yeah, I would say um, starting with CIC.com, that's our landing page. You can find out where your closest CIC is. Um, and we have specialized events teams that can help you book space through us. Um, we also have a number of flexible work options as people start returning to the office. Um, so I would encourage you to start at CIC.com. And if you have any questions, you can also reach out to me, um, Lazelle, L-A-Z-E-L-L -L, at CIC. Yeah, that my last name at CIC.com as well. So please do reach out. You and I have the exact same thing where it's like, it, it sounds, it's spelled the way it sounds, but you still yeah. have to actually spell yeah, it out for everybody. It. I have yeah. to do it all the time. Awesome. Kat, it's a pleasure as always. I can't say thank you enough. And I don't know, we'll just have to make this a regular reoccurring segment, I feel like with you and me. It works. Sounds so good, good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. cool. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Create Smarter Podcast conversation series. You can follow us on all platforms at 5Tool Productions to enjoy more episodes and live streams to keep you up to date with all the latest news from the industry. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.